Good evening, and I'd like to welcome you to our Tuesday evening ministry time. It is always a joy to share with you the goodness of God. You know, there's so much bad news and things going on in the world, bad things happening in the world. I believe every one of us needs to hear something good, and especially when it comes from the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And I'm so glad that one day I turned my heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, made Jesus Lord of my life, and let His Word begin to fill my heart. And every day, every day, I read His Word, I meditate in His Word to draw strength from my Heavenly Father, you know. Uh, some people get up and eat breakfast, some have uh, lunch, and some have dinner, and then snacks in between. Well, uh, I'm not one to do that kind of eating, but I do realize every day I need nourishment in my body. I need food in my body to give me strength to think, to uh, do what I need to do throughout the day. So it's the same way with the Word of God, just as much as we have to have food to uh, go about our daily lives, we need God's Word because the Bible said that we need to be doers of His Word and not hearers only. And the Bible said that we need to do or listen to every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And God's holy Word is what I like to talk to you about. So as we're here this evening, I want you to just open your heart, get ready to receive, because I have a friend of mine here with me that I'm going to be introducing in just a moment. And I want to ask you a question. Do you hurt? Now, I want to say that one more time. Do you hurt? You know, we've seen so much in the last almost two years now when the coronavirus came and caught us all by surprise and we've all been shocked and our world has rocked and reeled because of everything that COVID has caused. And when COVID came, it didn't only make people sick and people die, but in many ways it caused the hurts that people already had to be exaggerated or made worse or brought those wounds that were there that opened them up and, and it caused so much pain. But Jesus heals you everywhere you hurt. God gave me that thought many years ago. He will heal you everywhere you hurt. But sometimes healing doesn't come in the form that we think it should come or when we think it ought to come. But God is a healer of broken hearts, broken dreams. When things are stolen or or taken from you one way or the other. And when you go through great devastation, great pain, great loss, sometimes it's hard to recover. Sometimes it's hard to trust the Lord and to believe God's Word. But today, we're going to talk about do you hurt and help you find healing. As I said, I have my friend with me, Mike Francine, who's been a world evangelist. And let me say... Um, I've read about many evangelists, and I've known about them, and I've known some of them. But I think Mike Francine is the person that 
I know personally who's alive today that has reached more people face to face with the gospel than I know who is alive today. And he's had his share of victories, had his share of struggles, like all of us human beings. And you know, sometimes people don't want to admit we have struggles because we believe in faith, we preach faith, we preach healing, we preach deliverance, we preach all of these things from God's Word which are real. But sometimes we that's doing the work, doing the ministry, or you, you, you have hurts and struggles that no one understands because if, if they hadn't been there, they don't understand. But I have my friend here with me, and I want to introduce Mike Francine. Mike, so good to have you here with awesome, me. Awesome, Don. Thank you so much for having me on, and it's so good to see you again. We've been friends for well over 30 years, and um, we've laughed together, we've cried together, and you know, seen a lot of things. And one of the things I believe that I know that God is going to do in this program He's going to bring hope to people. Oh, wow. And, you know, Proverbs says that when hope is deferred, the heart becomes sick. When hope is taken away, our hearts become sick. You know, and hope's the very foundation of faith. So without that, there's no beginning. But there's a lot of people that I know that are joining us today, and I'll watch the, the replay of this, that the passage of time has stolen all hope from them. They, they have no hope that they'll ever be healed. They have no hope that they'll ever stop hurting. And I know one of the things that's going to happen in this program today is that God is going to heal sick hearts. And that's going to begin to lay the foundation of hope, which is the foundation of faith. And so I'm excited about this. And I love what you started out talking about the Word. And um, just, you know, people run today, you know, just a, a quick story. A few weeks ago, I was going to go golf with uh, Dave and David Meyer in Florida. And so I was sitting in the Denver International Airport. And... Uh, and I had my computer open, and all of a sudden, I mean, there was nobody around me. It was very early in the morning. Nobody was around, and all of a sudden, I saw this feather floating down, and it landed right in the middle of my computer screen. And it was, I'd never, it was a round feather. It was about the size of a dime. It had the most beautiful colors, and, and it was just like, I, I thought, well, what is that? And I looked, I didn't see any birds above. Uh, there was nobody around me. Nobody walked by, and this feather was there, and I couldn't get it off my screen. And so then I, I, I took it and I just waved it on my pants. And a few minutes later, I just had this thought that, was this a sign? And, uh, and I, you know, all day long, it just kept coming back to, was this a sign? Was this a feather? I went back and I, you know, I got, got in about midnight uh, and got in my room and, and got on my computer and started looking, well, what's a, what is a sign from, of feathers falling? What does that mean? You know, it, it was some kind of sign. It says sometimes it's an angelic presence. But here's the issue with that. So many people today are seeking signs. They're running from one meeting oh, to another. Yeah. They're looking for another word of personal yeah. prophecy. And they're guiding everything. They're, they're looking for gold dust to appear and all that. We don't need to seek those <laughs> signs. And, and so I love how you started out today just saying, talking about the word. And if we, we don't need to seek a sign. If God gives a prophecy through somebody, don't go running to seek it. It's only a confirmation of what he's already said, but his word. That's what we can lay our hope in. Wow. That's what we can put our faith and our foundation and our actual belief in. And it says this is, His Word is forever settled in heaven. Oh, I like that and, word. I mean, it's forever settled. It's not going to change. God never changes. His Word is forever settled in heaven. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we're the ones who have to make some changes in our lives. If we want to begin to walk in all the fullness and all that He has for us, then we're the ones that have to change. And so I know as we give... 
honor to His Word, and as we place that Word, it's going to seed people's hearts, and it's going to seed your lives. And those of you that are watching right now, hope is going to come to you. As we open God's Word, it's going to penetrate your heart, your mind, your souls. And, and I know that in the name of Jesus, hope is going to be restored to you today in Jesus' name. And so I'm excited about it forever. His word is set up. And it says that he watches over his word to perform oh, it. Oh, wow. Well, you know, when you're talking about that scripture, that God's word is forever settled in heaven, here's what I say along with that, Mike, that it's settled in heaven. God's word is established. It's there. Now, what we, the believers, need yeah. to do, we need to settle it Absolutely. in our hearts. Yeah. That it is alive, that it's active, it's sharper yeah. than any two-edged sword, and it'll go to the joints and the marrows and every place in our body where we hurt. Yeah. And so, to me, uh, what you said, some people are always looking for a sign, and I, I, I couldn't imagine sitting in the airport and a feather come, <laughs> come, come floating down. I, I, I guess I'd been intrigued too. Well, where is this coming? Is this God talking? Or, yeah, exactly. Or, or what is it? But you know. Seeking signs and, and, you know, dreams and all of this thing. We, we have dreams and sometimes dreams are real. But really, there's nothing more real, nothing more real than the Word of God. He said, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. People change their words. They change their mind. Uh, they tear buildings down. They build new buildings. Uh, all kinds of things happens that brings change. But God said, I am the Lord thy God, mm. and I change not. See, that, that's what I love, you know. And in these last couple of years with the, the pandemic and the COVID and all the crazy that's gone on, and, you know, I just wrote a chapter in one of my new books, and, you know, it, it, it talks about, you know, when Jesus said, said uh, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And I say, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the church? The church is seeking a sign. They're seeking something else. But our faith cannot rest in a sign. We don't need that. We have his word, and he watches over to perform it. So once we can bring our faith back to that, it doesn't matter what doctors say. And right now, the world's being shaken. The world is being shaken wow. in so many ways, and in, in ways that, I mean, governments are being shaken. The, the medical world is being shaken. The financial kingdoms are being shaken. But Hebrews says, therefore, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Oh, well, well. We're receiving a kingdom which cannot, the king that we serve cannot be shaken. The king's kingdom cannot be shaken. And the king's decree will never be shaken because it stands forever settled. And we can lay our faith and our hope and our trust in it. Oh, I love that. The kingdom cannot be shaken. You know, you just said, let me just just repeat what you said <laughs> worlds and governments and people are shaken but god's kingdom cannot be shaken mm -hmm. oh somebody right there you need to get a hold of that he just brought forth a prophetic word by speaking god's word to you you may feel like you're alone you may feel like you've been beat up you may feel like you know you just been run over by a truck or whatever but i want to tell you one thing he just brought a scripture to you mike francine just brought a scripture to you and i that the kingdom of god cannot be shaken and the bible said upon this rock i'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not 
prevail against it. E.V. Hill used to say, I'm on that rock. He said, I may move a little bit. I may flow over this way by the winds that blow, but I'm on the rock, and the rock will never move. Amen. Oh, I just love that. And I love, you know, when I ask you, what's the topic of this program going to be today? And, and you said, you text me back and you said, do you hurt? And, you know, being in ministry now for 40 years, and, and Don, you've got 60 years, and, and I know a lot of you are hurting right now today. A lot of you, you know, the, the past two years, and maybe the, the, the past decade has just taken hope from you, and you hurt. I don't know what your hurt is, but today, as we share his word, I believe, and I know it's going to penetrate, and I, I pray that beyond anything that Don or I might say or pray, that you have an experience with God. Amen. That you have an experience with Jesus today, uh, and an encounter with Him that changes in a moment's time. We don't need a new year. We don't need a New Year's resolution. I agree. We I need agree. a revelation. Amen. And that brings a revolution to our lives. Wow. You know, some people will say to me sometimes, uh, and I know we're just into the second month of the new year, and some people say, oh, I'll be glad when this year is over. Well, you know, I never say that, Mike. No. That's, that's time passing by. Absolutely. And I want to take advantage of every day and every moment in the day to live for God and to be victorious. And so, as, as you said, we don't need another day. We don't need something uh, that somebody's going to blow in and blow out. But we do need the revelation of who Jesus Christ is on the inside of us. And, you know, you said um, about people hurting. You know, and I, in my opening remarks, I sort of talked about it a little bit of how that uh, what the pandemic has caused. It's people that were already hurting. It opened wounds, and then, you know, we just we, we've had many loved ones that have passed throughout COVID that has been very heartbreaking, and it has left left many of our friends and loved ones with hurts and wounds. And so, you know, people say sometimes to to me, <clears throat> well, you guys preach the word of faith and you're, you're, you're not supposed to hurt. You're not supposed to have any emotional uh, situations. But, you know, I, I find that not true. Just because we are bringing hope and saying things, people really do hurt, Mike. Yeah. And where they hurt, there is help and there is hope, as you said. Mm -hmm. So as, as we talk about do you hurt, I don't want to th people to think that we're saying, oh, yeah, just go ahead and hurt. There's no hope for you. There's no way for you. There is hope. But sometime or another, every person has hurt. If they hadn't, if they hadn't experienced hurt, I don't think they're uh, a human being. No. But all of us have experienced hurt. Now, Mike, you've traveled around the world. How many, do, do you keep record of how many crusades you've had? Uh, I've been to 103 countries and I've done well over 300 crusades. I don't think it's 400 yet. I used to keep track and then I just stopped, but it's well over 300 crusades. Well, you know, you, um, you, you traveled extensively in one, one or year, two years and to, to, to do over 300 and something crusades. I mean, uh, I, I, I know I've been in ministry a little over 20 years longer than you, and I don't even know that I've done that many. Maybe, maybe not, but mm -hmm. uh, at least I got uh, 20 more years on you yeah. of, of time <laughs> to space them in between a little bit more. But uh, 
I know you've been to India many times. Uh, how many times have you been to India? I've been to India 29 times. I've done 45 crusades just in India. So I've spent a lot of time there. And a lot of these, out of the 103 countries, a lot of them I've been to multiple times, but India 29 times. And so would India be the one you've gone the most to? Yes. And then some of the other countries? Uh, where? I've been to the Philippines seven or eight times, been to Honduras. I think I've done six crusades in Honduras. Uh, I've done El Salvador five crusades. Uh, Nigeria, I've been there seven or eight times. Uh, so a lot of those, I've done crusades in every country in Central and South America, and a lot of those multiple crusades. And, and uh, I've, I've done actual crusades where we get in a big open field or a stadium, and you know, for me, that's a crusade, but you know, out of the 300 plus crusades like that I've done, I've spoken hundreds and hundreds of other churches and, mm. um, and conferences and everything else. But when I talk about crusades, I'm talking about the mass field before the masses and before the lost and the hurt and the dying and the sick and the needy. And, um, and so it, it doesn't matter where you go and it doesn't matter what skin color it is, it doesn't matter what language you speak, it doesn't matter what, what pedigree you have in your lineage, People are hurting, and p successful people are hurting. And I know that there's a lot of people right now that you're hurting. I don't know where you're, and you may have millions of dollars in the bank, but you may be hurting. You may be living on the street, you may be hurting. And, and, and we all hurt in different ways, but everybody hurts. And it doesn't matter how successful you are in ministry, how successful you are in business or relationships or anything, I know that there's hurt that, that permeates your being, and, and it consumes so many of your thoughts, your, your, your time, your efforts, your prayers, your, your money, just trying to alleviate, trying to escape that pain and that hurt. But I know that as we share God's Word and open God's Word, it's going to bring healing to people's hearts today. Well, I believe that, that with all my heart, that that's the reason that God put this thought in my heart. Do you hurt? And I know that I look back in my life and I can see when our son was killed. I, I speak about this from time to time because it's been, a, it's been a long time since this happened, but it's something that we, we couldn't stop from hurting. Just like I, I've got loved ones, relatives that's just recently lost uh, um, their loved one to COVID. And, um, and my heart aches for them, my, my heart hurts for them because they've, they've lost their loved one. And I know what hurt is when uh, our son was killed and my wife, both of us, we had so much hurt. And then of course our other three children had hurt too. And so I don't want people to think that we're just sitting here using words, but we're talking about stuff that's happened to all of us. We don't have to stay in the hurt because there is help, there is healing. Yeah. And as I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the program, God will heal you everywhere you hurt. But it may not be an instant healing. It may take some time for that healing to come. And you know, we look back at David in the Bible. And David, who became king, you know, he, he had a... Uh, a, a roller coaster ride in a lot of his situations. He yeah. sometimes was up, sometimes he was down. Of course, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have what we have today to maintain with. And David said in Psalms 13, 1 through 3, he said, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Do you feel like God's forgotten you? Do you feel like you're all alone and that God doesn't care? Well, David had that very same thought. He said, forever, 
how long will you look the other way? Now, God wasn't looking the other way. God didn't forget David. But his emotions, his pain, his hurt, he felt like he was abandoned. Then he said, how long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Then he said, turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Well, you see, your, your hurt can can really weigh heavily inside of you and cause you to feel like you're abandoned by God and that God doesn't care, that God's not listening. But that's not the truth. God does hear us when we pray. Now, Mike, I know that um, you've had hurts, you've had pains, and, you know, mm. just because you're, you've been so successful in, in all of these countries, 103 countries, uh, uh, and, and doing all these crusades around the world, well, that had to affect you sometimes with physical, uh, just just being worn out from jet lag and going from one country to the oh, other. Yes. Yeah, you know, T.L. Osborne said something years ago. He was my dear friend and mentor for 35 years, and, and T.L. said something that I quoted many times. I didn't live by it, but he said, I determined a long time ago to never let my ambitions exceed the will of God. And uh, oh my goodness. T.L. kept oh telling goodness. me, he said, I've never heard that statement before. Oh, it's a good one. Wow. <laughs> and I determined a long time ago to never let my ambitions exceed the will of God. And I thought that was great. And I used to quote that. I used to preach it. I used to write about it. But I didn't live it. There was a lot of years when, when I was doing 20 countries a year and 44 crusades in one year alone. And it, it just was amazing to me that I, I felt like a machine. And the only time I felt alive was when I was preaching. And, and so it was just, it was difficult keeping that pace up. And I remember one time I was in, in uh, one of the South American countries and I was supposed to meet the president of that nation. And I was just walking down the hall and you know, my crusade director came and picked me up and, and I'm walking down the hall and I, I, just, I felt like a zombie. I felt like, and they're like, you're not excited. You're not, I was just numb, I, I was wore out, I was tired. And, um, and I remember a number of years ago, Don, when, when I was just, I was tired physically, emotionally, spiritually, and God's anointing was there. And so the crusades, you know, doing 44 crusades in one year, uh, it was powerful. And the miracles and the masses, the hundreds of thousands of people showing up every night. But I got wore out. And I got to a place where my hurts, and I know the pain of divorce. I know the pain of, of losing so much, of losing everything. And and a lot of you right now are in, in pain. A lot of you are, are hurting. A lot of you have gone through some things. I remember what it was like to go to bed at night and have such anxiety where I feared the night. I feared when, when the, the, the sun would go down and I knew a long night was ahead of me because I knew it would be a sleepless night. And I've gone, one time I went seven days without sleep and I ended up in the hospital. And I feared the night. But I kept dancing on my own. I know what it's like to, to pace the floors for hours and hours at night. Now, I'm in successful ministry. I had millions of dollars flowing into my ministry. You know, kings and presidents coming to my, to, to my crusades. But the anxiety was so overwhelming. 
And when the daylight would break, I would be exhausted. But I didn't know how to get past that anxiety. And I kept dancing on my own. I know what it's like to have physical ailments come. And when the smugness of a doctor comes and brings his prognosis, and maybe he says that you're terminal. Maybe he says that diabetes it runs in the family. You keep dancing on your own. I know what it's like to have millions of dollars in the bank, and I know what it's like to be millions of dollars in debt. And you're afraid when the phone rings. I've been there. You don't want to hear what's on the other end because you know it's a bill collector saying, hey, we're, we're, we're collecting your car, we're, we're shutting up. Some of you are there. And you keep dancing on your own. I don't know what it is that you're hurting. I don't know what it is that you're suffering with. I don't know what it is that, that attacks your mind, that leaves no peace in your life. But you keep dancing on your own. But the Lord of the dance is tapping you on the shoulder, and he wants to cut in. And he doesn't want you to keep dancing on your own. He wants to come in, and, and he wants to take lead. He wants to lead this dance. He wants to lead you into the promised land and into his promises. That's going to bring that peace. That's going to bring that healing. I know what it's like to suffer in despair. I know what it's like to suffer in depression. When you're afraid, that you can't talk to anybody because you'll be judged. And then being in the ministry, a successful ministry, for decades, for 41 years now, and have depression be so overwhelming, you can't deal with it any longer. I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and to not go and grab a cup of coffee, but to reach for the half-empty bottle of wine on the bedside table, because it numbs the pain for a few moments. But the depression doesn't leave. And I kept dancing on my own for years until the Lord of the Dance came in wow. and cut in, cut into my, my dance, and I wasn't leading anymore. And, I, and the Lord of the Dance came in and cut in, and he like leads, <laughs> and he brings you in a whole different dance floor. It's a whole different tune that's playing wow. at that point. What, what uh, um, you just described there that, you know, you were dancing on your own. Give me the quote again of T.L. Osborne. I think I, I can say it, but one more time. T.L. Osborne told me when I was very young in the ministry, he said, Mike, and he, he saw how crazy I was going. He said, Mike, you're killing yourself. You're killing your family. You're killing your staff. And T.L. Osborne said this. He said, I determined a long time ago to never let my ambition exceed the will of God. Now that is so powerful, to never let your ambition exceed the will of God. I say this to people that's in ministry Mike, <clears throat> priorities are important in our life. And when we get our priorities out of order, which apparently you're just saying that I did. you did. I did. And a wise man gave you advice, don't let your ambitions be exceed the will of God. Exceed the will of God. What a powerful statement. Well, I've been there. I know you have. I've been there, Mike. I have been like you, I've got to get this done, I've got to get this done, I've got to get souls saved, I've got to get people healed, and you know, we were going in big tents and overseas as well, and preaching the gospel, I just got to get there, and so I think I let my love for ministry, my love for ministry, mm. and this is hard to say, maybe become greater than my love for God. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah. it, it, it got confused with me uh, because I know. here I've, I've got to go. Jesus is coming soon. I don't have any time to wait. But fortunately, there was a time that uh, I had some people around me that said, you've got to slow down, and I did listen to them. And, and when I listened to them, then I realized that the will of God was more important. Now, I didn't know the statement that you just said, and didn't know uh, T.L. Osborne said that, but I realized that the will of God must be greater inside of me than my ambition. And so I still have ambition. I still want to see multitudes of people come to Jesus. I'm still, every day, every day, Mike, I get up, and the first thing I do is just say, Lord, I'm yours. And one of the things that I say, Lord, I want to get my soul happy. I want to hear your voice. I want to be useful. I want to be helpful. I want to be encouraging to someone that needs help. Well, Mike, you know, that's what your ministry was doing. And here you were going helping everybody else. And you were dancing to your own uh, to, to your own dream, to your own call, yeah. and didn't let God be the one that la la led that dance. You know, absolute truth what you're saying. You know, when you start out in ministry and, and you know, God just honors it and he blesses it and things are, are massive. And, and then all of a sudden we start feeding off our success. It's like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. And we start dancing on our own. And, uh, you know, one of the things, Don, I've done for, for many years is... Uh, when I get around the great men and women of God, and, and I know I've asked you this question because I consider you one of the greats, and um, uh, I always like to ask this question because I don't know if I'll ever see them again, but you know, the moment I meet them, I'm going to ask them this question. What's the greatest key to success in ministry? And I, I've asked, I asked Brother Schambach, he said, just go. Two-thirds I got is go. I asked uh, T.L. Osborne, and I said, T.L., with your 60 years of ministry in 87 countries, what's the greatest key to success in ministry? He said, um, just care for people. And I was doing some meetings together in uh, Liberia in West Africa with Lester Summerall, and he did the conference in the morning, I did the crusade in the afternoon. I said, Brother Summerall, you've been to 100 nations, 60 years of ministry, what's the greatest key to success in ministry? He said, just don't quit. And so I've asked Reinhard Bonnke and Oral Roberts and Richard Roberts and, and Brother Copeland and so many of the people. But I asked that question to Joyce Meyer. I know Dave and Joyce are, are great friends of yours, and Dave and Joyce have been great friends of mine for many years. And, um, and I asked Joyce this question. Everybody asked the question, too. They all gave me a, a couple of words. Joyce gave me a doctrinal dissertation. <laughs> she, she went on for about 30 minutes. And then she summed it up by saying this, which comes back to what you had just said. She said, I suppose that the, 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 summa the summarization of what I just said is that you can never allow the things that you do for God to replace the time you spend with God. Wow. We, we can't get so busy that we start dancing on our own because the Lord dances there. We, the things we do for him can't replace the time we spend with him. Well, I, I remember you asking me that question mm -hmm. several years ago. I don't recall my answer at the time, but what I would say if you were to ask me this sitting at the table right now, I would say keeping your relationship with God is the greatest thing that you can do to be successful in ministry, in life, or anything you do. You know, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a preacher, pastor, evangelist, prophet, whatever you, you may be, you know, whether you're just a, 
uh, a person that comes to church and you have no special calls on your life or gifts, you know, the greatest thing in the world to answer the problem that Mike and I are talking about is maintaining a relationship with God. You know, I, I have really been blessed, Mike, with, with a wonderful wife. You know, I know. <laughs> um, our relationship is unusual, and you know, you stay in our home, and you see us interact, and um, and and you know, we don't go to another room and hide and, and argue uh, <laughs> while you're there. But uh, you, you've been in our home many times, and you've you've watched our relationship, and everybody's not as fortunate as I am. I know that. <laughs> uh, and so I, I don't throw stones. Yeah. I don't throw stones at anybody that has been through divorce, you know, I've had two sons that's gone through to divorce, so, uh, and I'm not saying go get one, I'm, that's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying that divorce is, I haven't had to have that, and as I said, I am so fortunate to have had God put a person in my life, a woman that has loved me Probably a lot of times when I wasn't lovable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, um, I think about it often, how fortunate God gave me this woman to, to be a blessing and help in my life. Now, you know, some people say a companion or a spouse completes you. Nobody completes you but God. So if you're thinking, well, I, I just want somebody to, the Bible didn't say that Eve completed Adam, she complimented him, she helped him. So I think many times people go into relationships expecting people to do things for them they can't. However, when it comes back to our relationship with God, I, I, I want to keep this really, I want to finish what I'm saying. My wife is absolutely wonderful, but we don't have that relationship just because we're compatible. We have that relationship because we work on it continually and and if she was not compatible I was not compatible it takes two it doesn't one can't do it one can't make it work it takes two people well with God God's always got open arms God's always saying I love you no matter what you do if you fail me I love you he always says like the father of the prodigal son that was waiting for the prodigal son to come back. He said, go get the ring. Go get the ring. Go get the sandal. My son has come home. If you're hurting and you're away from God, don't let what you might have done feel like it's put a wall between you and God. It's put a wall between you and God, but not God and you. Say, God, I'm coming home. You know, there used to be an old song we used to sing. Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. I think that's another song I'm going into now. But <laughs> God is saying today, I will heal you everywhere you hurt. So back to Mike's point of what causes, he, he asked all these ministers and each one gave a different answer and I gave a different answer mine is your relationship with God is more important than what you do see some people want to talk about what they do and that's okay to talk about what you do 
But what you have with God, your relationship, is more important to God than what you do for Him. Absolutely. You know, Don, you just mentioned about the prodigal son, and I just wrote about that. If I'm, if I'm not preaching, I'm writing. Uh, always writing another book. And uh, I, I just wrote about that uh, in my most recent book, Beyond the Realm of Reason. And there's people today, you know, we, we know the story of the prodigal son where, you know, he, he received par a portion of his inheritance and he went out and he squandered it. He spent it on the cares of the world and riches and, and whatever it was. And he came to, uh, to a place where, where he had nothing left. And he saw what the, the, the swine were eating and he thought, man, if only there. And then it says, and then it says he came to himself. But I say, no, he came to an end of himself. Mm. And some of you are watching right now wow. and you're there. You're at the end of yourself. And you've been dancing on your own. And now the Lord of the dance, he's just waiting at his house. He's waiting at the kingdom. He's just waiting for you to come to an end of yourself. Coming to yourself is coming to an end of yourself. And when you do that and say, I'm going back to the Father, that's when the Lord of the dance can come in and lead you in a whole different place, in a whole different direction. It's coming to an end of ourselves. And if you've been in so much pain, so much suffering, some of you have had a miscarriage and you've lost hope. Some of you have had multiple miscarriages. Some have been through divorce or multiple divorces. Some have been through financial loss. Some have been through, through, through the, the diagnosis of the doctors that gives you no hope that you'll ever see tomorrow. You've been through divorce when you thought that that relationship was cemented for eternity. And all of a sudden divorce papers are served and your world's come crashing in and it brings pain. I understand the pain of that. Some of you have had, had uh, great divisions in your family. Maybe, maybe you haven't seen your children. I know the pain of not seeing your children on the holidays. Come to an end of yourself today. Today, you can just say, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going to run back to my father. I'm going to go back to him and just grab hold of all that he is. Not, not what he has, but who he is. And he's going to wrap his arms around you. He's going to kill the fatted calf. He's going to bring you back to him. We come to an end of ourselves. That's when we can come into His grace, His love, His peace, His forgiveness, His healing, His prosperity, His, His abundance, everything that He is. We come to an end of ourselves. Well, I think that's what everybody has to come to sooner or later. You know, when people have loved ones on drugs and alcohol and they're, they're, they're addicted so bad that uh, they just can't see beyond the addiction Finally, one day, they have to come to the end of themselves, as yeah. you described the prodigal son. And until you're willing to come to the point of saying, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I've tried. I'm tired of dancing on my own. I'm tired of dancing by myself. I'm going to give it to you. You know, Mike, as we were driving here to the, the studio today, I, I mentioned to you about... Uh, some different scriptures that that I may talk about and I may not. Mm -hmm. and, and one of them I said was one of my favorite stories of the Bible was Naomi and, mm -hmm. and Ruth. And when, you know, I, I was talking to you about how Naomi must have really hurt when her, yeah. her husband died and then her two sons died. Now, I know people in the pandemic that have lost their mother and their spouse uh, within just days of, just in days of each other, and they had to deal with it. Matter of fact, that just happened recently 
in some of our relationships, um, uh, it was one of Sharon's relationships. The, her mother died, and then just just less than two weeks, the, the, her her uh, husband died, and he was young. He wasn't. He was. The, the, he and he had no underlying conditions that they knew about, but he died with COVID, and. What she's going through at the moment, you know, the, the hurt, the pain that she's going through at the moment, I can't comprehend that. I'm, I mean, I've not lost a spouse in that way. I've not lost a divorce. So I can't go, I can't go to mm. where you've been, Mike. And that's what I want people to understand. Naomi, I, I, I haven't been where Naomi has been. But we go back to the Bible and why we're sitting here today and we talk about these scriptures is God wants us to go back to his word and see what has happened. And when we see what has happened, what was it that changed? What was it that brought someone at the end of themselves? Naomi lost her husband. She lost her two sons. She told her two daughter-in-laws, she said, go on home. You know, I'm going to go back to my family. And really, if you read that passage close, if you really read that passage close, Naomi changed her name, and she was really kind of upset at God and mad because this happened. I want to tell you, if you're mad at God because you lost a loved one, because you got divorced, or because you've lost everything, being mad and angry at God does not restore you, does not help you to get it back. Remember, I told Mike, I said, if you were to ask me that question today, what would be the key? Your relationship being right with God. So Naomi said, I'm just going back to my family. I'm just going back to my homeland. Well, the one one daughter-in-law went back, and we've never read anything in the Bible about her again. But Ruth said, where you go, I'm going. Whatever you do, I'm going to do. Where you die, I'm going to die. She said, no, just going back home. You know what? She was determined. She said, I'm going to keep the relationship with my mother-in-law. The mother-in-law said, if I were to have another child, which I can't, uh, I, I just can't do this. If I had another child, it, it would be too young for you to marry. She said, I'm going with you. When, when she got back home, Mike, to, to um, Naomi's homeland, she started working in the fields. She started going mm -hmm. and getting food. She was so loyal. She was so faithful. God saw that, and he brought Boaz into the, yeah. into the picture. And so when there was no hope, when, I, when Naomi was, and I, I, I believe with all my heart, I believe she was angry at God. I believe she sure. was mad at God. Well, I but, you know, she got that fixed. And when she saw her daughter-in-law going out and getting food and bringing it in, and then God brought Boaz in the picture, and then I won't go into the whole story. But I, that's just the way God will complete things yeah. if, if he will do that, if people will just get the relationship right with God. That's... There's so much truth and so much honesty, so much power there. And, you know, you, you mentioned something that you haven't been through what I've been through. I've not lost a child like you have. I can't imagine that kind of pain. But I want you to know, as we're here on this program today, that there's, there's two gentlemen here talking with over 100 years of combined ministry experience. We understand success. We understand pain. I understand the pain of divorce. I understand what it's like to go through through things and lose everything, lose your home, lose your car, lose everything. I've been there. I've, I've lost my kids. I've lost so many of those things. Thank God that's been restored and is being restored. 
I know what it's like to to enjoy the the greatest success people ever know. I've I've been able to do and accomplish things in ministry that few people never even dream of. I know what it's like to have you know 40, 50 million dollars come through my ministry and and to bless the world and and change those things. And I also know what it's like to feel the pain of loneliness, the pain of loss. The, the, the pain of suffering. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to deal with depression to a level that you feel like you can't cope anymore. I know what it's like. And I did this. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I, I know what it's like to, to go to bed with a bottle of wine just trying to numb the pain. I didn't like the taste of it. I didn't like, like the buzz of it. I just didn't want to feel the pain anymore. And some of you, you turn to alcohol. You turn to drugs. Some people turn, they, they, they become workaholics. And all they're trying to do is numb. You're trying to numb the pain. Some turn to social media, spend six, eight, ten hours a day on social media. And all you're trying to do is numb the pain. I know what it's like to have that depression build up in you for years. Now, when I was doing the crusades and meetings, hundreds of thousands of people show up preaching to some of the biggest churches in the world. But my pain when I went back to my room was overwhelming. I know what that pain is like. I know what it's like because I was there almost two years ago. I wasn't on the brink of suicide. I tried to commit suicide. And I couldn't deal anymore. I couldn't deal. If you're there, I know you're there. Because <laughs> I talked to so many people. I know what it's like. And I wasn't trying to gain sympathy through it. I was trying to end the pain. Because I was dancing on my own. I didn't understand. I couldn't let God come and take control. But when I came to that end of myself, and the paramedics... And the police came. I should have been dead, but I'm not. Maybe you should have been dead. Maybe you've tried. Maybe you're contemplating it. Get that out of your head. Mm. I know the pain can become unbearable. And I can help bring you through it. Don can help bring you through it because we've been through it. Through is one of the greatest words I've ever seen in the Bible. He brings us through the wilderness, through the rivers. Says, yeah, they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't have to set up camp there. You don't have to buy your burial plot there. God is going to bring you through it. But if not, if you keep dancing on your own, not if you keep trying to do it your way and, and everything else. If you are not dead, God is not done. God wouldn't let me die. <laughs> Should have been dead many times over. Even tried to take it my own life. But I was dancing when I came to an end of myself. And the Lord of the dance came and cut in. He brings us through it. He brings it. He's bringing you through it today. Life is coming. Beyond anything Don or I could ever say or pray, he's bringing life to you right now. He's bringing hope to you right now. And if you're saying, my God, if Mike Francine can be on top of the world and see millions upon tens of millions of people come to Christ, have tens of millions of dollars come through his ministry, and yet he tries to take his own life, listen, it doesn't matter. You can, be a, you can be at the utopia of success and still be depressed. You can, you can have all the money in the bank in the world. And the doctors will tell you, this is terminal. And that hurt comes. That pain comes. The loss of a child comes. A divorce comes. What a, I don't know what your pain is. But Jesus understands. I love the, the first verse I've ever memorized, Jesus wept. <laughs> and I'm going to write a book one day called Jesus Wept because he was touched with the feelings of our humanity. He understands it. 
And I know when you get in that place, the first thing you want to do is isolate yourself. And that's one of the worst things you can do. And then others, they just want to tell everybody else about it. That's another bad thing you can do because then they start gossiping and adding to it. And some don't want to say anything to anybody because you're afraid of being judged. You find that one or two close friends. You find that secret place with God. And he can bring that life and that help and that hope and that healing, that restoration, that everything you need. Don and I, we've been through our pain. And we understand yours. We also understand that if you're not dead, God is not done. You know, you used a word that... um, I think people use this word all the time and don't really realize the value through. Yeah. They'll say, I'm going through, I'm going through a hard time. They're not listening to themselves when they say, I'm going through a hard time. Well, that means you're not stuck. That means you're not staying there. And you don't even realize. Mike just mentioned the scripture. Uh, I, I, that David, he, he didn't say it this way, but the scripture said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David walked through the valley. David came out when David was at Ziklag, and all the, the odds was against him and his men, and the men were angry at him, and David had to be hurting. David had to be hurting, but he went to the Lord. Somebody needs to go to the Lord. Mike has shared some very personal issues of his his life with us today. And I know it must not be easy to say these things to you, and he's only saying them to you to let you know that we all have situations. We all have pains. I tried to describe a little of times that we've had pain. But God, miraculously, through turning to him, brought us through our pain. He mentioned the fact that Jesus wept. Well, I think think about that, that Jesus wept. How do you think Jesus felt? How do you think Jesus felt when... He knew that Judas was going to go out and betray him. Hmm. How do you think he felt? Sitting across the table, having communion together and knowing all the time, this man has betrayed me. He's going to go trade. He's going to go get money to tell my enemies where I am. Well, you know, Jesus, Jesus went through that. Then we look through the time that he went into the garden and prayed and he come back and his disciples were asleep. I mean, I could go through many places. Some people say, well, he was, he just didn't have any emotion. Well, the Bible said he did. The Bible says he took our pain. He took our sorrows. He understands all of these things that we go through. So Jesus bore your sickness. He bore your pain. He bore your sorrows that you may not stay in your pain, your sickness, your disease, your sorrows, that you can turn it to him. And as as we get closer here to, to, I'm going to ask Mike to come back in just a minute and pray, but whatever you're, you're going through, use that word 
properly and say, I am going through. You know, my wife and I did get through the loss of our son. When I say we got through, we still hurt, even though it's been years ago, we still hurt over the, the loss and when we have memories of him. But you know what? We have a hope. We're going to see him in heaven. Our, our other family members, our, our two sons and daughter, they hurt too when this happened. Uh, my, my wife's mother and family and my family, uh, it wasn't just us. A lot of us hurt over losses. They're the same with you. But God cares. God loves you. In Psalms 9, 9 and 10, it says, All who oppressed may come to him. He is a refuge for them in times of trouble. All those who know your mercy, Lord, all those who know your mercy. Mike said there was times that he grabbed or touched a, a, the, the wine to numb. But God said, Mike, you don't have to do that. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You said, well, how could a preacher do that? It's got nothing to do with a preacher or a call. When you hurt, you're trying to find relief. The relief, let me tell you, is in Jesus. He said, all who are oppressed may come to him. He is a refuge for them in their times of trouble. All those who know your mercy will count on you for help. For you have never yet forsaken those who trust in you. You may feel abandoned. You may feel been betrayed like Jesus was. I've been betrayed by people I loved and trusted and with all kinds of with love and money and all kinds of things. But you know what? Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit has never betrayed me. So wherever you hurt, wherever your pain is, no matter what it is, don't stay in the dark. Don't, what's your term? Don't dance. Keep, can't be dancing on our own. Don't be dancing on your own. But right now, just come to God and say, I want peace. I want rid of this pain. I want to enjoy my life. I want to know how to be free from the bondages, from the shackles, even though Jesus is my Lord. Well, Mike, why don't you just sort of begin to wrap up and uh, this 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 time of ministry for today, and ask ask God just however you feel like closing and praying for people. Then I'll come back and okay. uh, say the final words. But you know, just one last short passage here from Acts 28 and three through six. When Paul had gathered the bundle of sticks together and laid them on the fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And the barbarians saw the venomous snake hang on his hand. They said amongst themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. And he shook off, we got to do that, we got to learn to wow. shake it off. Oh, wow. And he shook off the beast into the fire. And then it says this, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen up and fallen down dead. They looked and saw there was no harm came to him. Many of you, maybe this divorce you went through should have put an end to all of your future dreams and, and thoughts. 
but you're still standing. You've gone through sickness and disease. You've gone through a prognosis of the doctor says it's terminal. They gave you a certain period of months to live, and you should have been dead, but you're not. This debt should have just ended any chance for any future. Your should-haves can be given to him. Your should-haves come to an end of what should have. What the world thought should have happened to you, let that come to an end in your life today. You should have been dead. You should have been despair. You should have been sitting in a corner drooling, thinking there's no help, there's no help, there's no life left for me. You should have. No, you should have. Paul should have swollen up, but he didn't. He shook it off. We've got to shake it off, come to an end of ourselves. Mm. Wow. Wow. I'm just sitting here listening. I got absorbed in what you were saying there, Mike, and I, I just pray that everyone right now that's a part of this ministry time, you'll realize you're so loved by God. God's love is so vast. God's love is not emotional love. His, he loves you so much, you can't make him not love you. You can curse him. You can say anything you want to. You can't stop God's love. You may not accept his love, but you can't stop him from loving you. He loves you right where you are. He will heal you everywhere you hurt. So I want to pray with you right now. Well, Mike, why don't you just pray with people? Why don't you just pray with people that God will heal them everywhere they hurt? Father, I thank you right now for your life. I thank you for this time we had together. I thank you for everyone that's watching right now. Father, that, they, that you are permeating their space. You're invading their space right now. You're interrupting their thoughts that they had of ending it. You're interrupting their thoughts and plans that they had to, to forsake the purpose you have in their lives. Father, I thank you right now that you are bringing healing to sick hearts. You're healing sick hearts and that hope is being restored right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Your life is coming to their lives, your hope into their homes. Father, right now, favor, peace, healing, prosperity, restoration, health, freedom, freedom, freedom comes to them in the name of Jesus Christ. God, let them relinquish the lead of the dance and let you as the Lord of the dance come and lead them now into the promised land. Let peace come, healing come, hope come in the name of Jesus Christ. So be it. Amen. Thank you, Mike, for being here with me today. And I'm just kind of somber right now. I'm happy. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm peaceful. But just thinking about all of the people that are in pain in our world, the added pain that the virus and the governments the mandates, all of the things, the, the financial situations shocked the world. The world has been shocked. We never dreamed in a lifetime that we would be living in a world like we are now and having to wear, wear masks in certain places and trying to force us to be vaccinated and people that are vaccinated get angry at the ones that's not. I mean, it's just this whole world 
But we found peace in Jesus. Mike's prayed a prayer. I agree with that prayer. I believe somebody today has been healed. I believe somebody has been no. delivered. I believe somebody has said, I've danced on my own long enough, and now, Jesus, you lead the dance. I'm following you. I'm no longer going to live in sorrow, regret, and pain, and my past does not determine my future. I'm walking and living with Jesus, and I've got my relationship restored with God. No matter who has hurt you, no matter who's done you wrong, no matter who's talked about you, no matter who's tried to hurt your reputation, you're saying, God, my relationship is restored with you right now, and I'm an overcomer, and I'm coming through. You may have lost your spouse, you may have lost your child, your mother, your dad through COVID, whatever, but somehow you're going to press in like that little woman with the issue of blood, and you're going to have the healing power of Jesus flow through you as Mike prayed. I believe it. I believe you already got it. So don't weary. Don't get weary. Don't stay weary. Don't stay there no longer. Get up and go forth letting Jesus lead you in the dance. And I will appreciate every one of you that's watching on Facebook. If you would just share this on your page, you would bless someone else to hear how they can receive healing and help. Here are two men that has been in the ministry. You combine our ministries together. It's over a hundred years of ministry. How we've been been out all over the world preaching the gospel. And now God is using us right now in this capacity to minister to you. Also, if you want to sow a seed, just go to our website, elglobal.church. Elglobal.church. And if, if you will sow a seed, I believe God will bless you abundantly for the seeds that you sow. Well, I love you. Don't forget now, this Sunday, we're expecting a great move of the Holy Spirit in our service. Tune in with us, 10 o'clock Central Time, and whatever time you are, just calculate the time difference and tune in with us because we'll be live on Sunday morning preaching the Word of God. Bless you.